Hey, Aloha, this is Jeff Rambo coming at you with another edition of Coffee with Coach. We are on the Lanai on the Big Island of Hawaii, but we have a very special guest today. And we're going to start right off with Maurice Kelly, the Vice President of Player Development for the Seattle Seahawks. Maurice played for the Seahawks. He had a long CFL career in spite of some very poor coaching early in his career <laughs> when I had him in Las Vegas and then in Winnipeg. But Mo overcame all that, and he has gone on to a really, really fine career in the National Football League. He, As the director of player development, he is the one of the first guys that the young players, when they come to Seattle, will talk to, and they'll spend time with Maurice in the barbershop, as his office as no, is known around the Seattle compa- complex. Excuse me. And uh, – He's, again, an interesting guy to talk to because he he's probably got a greater handle on what goes on in that Seattle organization and that locker room than anybody because he spends so much time with the players and is trusted and beloved by the players. Maurice, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me there, Bo. All right. Now, I, I, I got to tell the fans, we were talking off air, and Maurice is coming to the Big Island, and, you know, now, this is a guy from Orangeburg, South Carolina. When I first met him, he, I swear to you, had, I think it was a piece of grass or straw in his mouth. He had a camouflage baseball hat on, and you couldn't get him to say three words in a day. And have the have times changed? Because I asked Maurice to come stay at our house, and he said, uh, Coach, we're staying at a couple of villas. And I, <laughs> I said, man. Man, hey, let me live, man. Let me live. But, bro, I'm just I'm listening to you tell that story. And I'm thinking back to Orangeburg, South Carolina. You're a high school senior. And the biggest thing in the whole world was hanging out at McDonald's after the games on Friday night. That's big time, man. You you go play the game. Afterwards, you go to McDonald's, you hang out with your buddies, listen to music. And then when the cops say it's time to go home, it's time to go home. Simple, the simple things in life, man. I tell you what, you got a bigger, better deal right now, man. <laughs> Hanging at the villas with <laughs> on the Big Island. Hey, you guys, you guys are right in the middle of minicamp, and I saw something today that fascinated me, and I looked for you in it because I know you got you, you always had a good vertical jump, but <laughs> there was a best of three tip off with a football between the offense and the defense to end practice today in Seattle? Well, you know what? That may have been for our rookie minicamp. They may have just shown that today. Um, so we had a rookie minicamp last weekend. And so, you know, Pete is all about competition. You know, that that is really the model here. You know, we're always competing. Either you're competing or you're not. And so whether that's jumping, tipping, shooting hoops, catching the ball, breaking up passes, whatever it may be, running, eating, all of that. We we compete. <laughs> Seahawk fans, I, I, I want you to make, take advantage of this opportunity to get a question into Mo. Uh, make sure you let us know where you're you know, contacting us from so that we can read the question on the air. Maurice, uh, you guys are going through an interesting time. You've been, you've been down this road before. You've mm-hmm. built a, you build a program became a Super Bowl champion, uh, had a chance to be back-to-back Super Bowl champions. Very few teams ever get that opportunity. And now uh, with the offseason, you trade away Russell Wilson, your star quarterback. Bobby Wagner is no longer. The Boomer, you know, the Legion of Boom is no longer. But yet 
there's still optimism in Seattle because of the fact that you've done this whole thing before. Talk about what, what it's like to build a football team. Well, I, I, it goes back to what we just talked about, you know, competing. That's one of the things that this organization, this, um, you know, is built on. You know, Pete truly believes that. He lives it. And so, you know, we, we did. We caught lightning in the bottle, you know, when we we had a, a group of guys, man, and they had the right mentality. You know, you, you add that with, you know, an outstanding coach and, and an organization that's going to be here to support our guys. You know, like, so we're prepared for this. You know, you, you never want to lose someone like a Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner. I mean, these guys were the cornerstone of our organization for years. I mean, 10 years. You know, you watch these guys come in, you watch these guys grow, and they're going to be successful, you know, uh, at the other organizations as well as when, they, when, done, when they're done playing. And we're going to continue to, to compete and, and try to get back to those things that you just talked about, you know, going on and winning that. Uh, world championship and hopefully go back to back. <laughs> Everybody's got a philosophy about how they approach mini camp, especially rookie mini camp, because you're talking about guys, these kids, some of your guys have been playing football. You know, they had their regular 12 weeks college season. Then they go to a bowl game. Then they've got the all-star game, postseason all-star games. Then they're getting ready for the combine. Then they've got personal workouts. There's been a lot of football put on these bodies. What do you guys do? Do you, do you actually get them on the field and team stuff through the whole physical as if you had had veterans or how do you approach your mini camp environment? Well, you know, the, the mini camp is more so, you know, um, teaching, right? We, we want to get the guys in. You want to teach them as much as we can possibly teach them. But then I think the coaches like to get them on the field and, and, and see them move around, you know, to your point, they've done a lot of stuff, right? But most of that stuff is really not, football stuff you know getting prepared for the combine and all that good stuff so you bring them in you want to see them move around a little bit see how they learn all of that good stuff so they're here for three days and then they're back they left uh on sunday last sunday and then they're away for a week and then we'll have them back starting monday so when they come back monday we'll integrate them with the rest of the team so we're in the middle of off-season conditioning or off-season program so we're in phase two where it's more uh, individualized and, um, you know, offense don't go against the defense. You know, they're doing conditioning stuff. They're lifting weights, and then they get a chance to work with their position coaches. And, you know, offense on one side, defense on the other side. So as of Monday, our rookies will be back, and they'll get a chance to meet the veteran guys, and we'll move forward from there. Okay, now for a young rookie, and you've been through this, but you, were, you weren't so much a young rookie because you mm -hmm. had already gone to the professional football had played up in the CFL and then went down to Seattle to start your NFL career. What's it like for them? And what do you hear as feedback? Because I know you've got a great ear to the players. What do you get from feedback about that step when the veterans come around? Cause now all of a sudden you're in there with guys who know the drills, know the coaches, know the way it works. And you're still trying to find your way. Well, I think more so than anything is, is the learning, right? You know, it's new for these guys, right? Yes, it's still football. I always say it's still blocking, tackling, and catching the damn ball. It ain't no no way around that. I say the window where the quarterback throws the ball is a lot smaller. <laughs> you know, the speed is a lot faster. And so for a lot of our guys, they see that, but I always tell them, 
you know, you will adapt just like you adapted from high school to college, you'll adapt, you know, and they're the best in the world. You know, these guys are coming from college. They're the best in the world. That's why we draft them. That's why we bring them into the fold. They just need a little time to understand what it is that they're doing. You know, they usually start off slow because they don't really get it yet and they don't know the, the urgency. And so when they get a chance to see, like they think they, they're moving fast and they're practicing fast when it's just the rookies. Then they come in with the vets and they're like, holy shit. Like, yeah. It's, it's even faster than they even imagined, right? And they feel like they're, they're, they're running in quicksand because, number one, they don't quite know exactly what they're doing yet. And so we all know when you don't know what you're doing, you're not playing at your best. You're not playing as fast as you possibly can. And so once they get a chance to break things down, understand exactly what they're doing, they'll rise right to the top. <clears throat> Maurice, when you guys, and I know you're really involved in the draft, you spend time with the guys that you bring in, and and um, I want to ask you about a guy and ask you whether you had him in Seattle. You didn't draft him, and there was a lot of speculation that you would, and that's Malik Willis, the quarterback from Liberty, right? Did you have an opportunity to talk to him? Because I met him at the draft, and I'm going to tell you something. I became a fan, instantly became a fan of the kid. I loved the kid. Well, I, I heard all about him. I did not get a chance to meet him. We didn't bring him in. Uh, but I saw him at the combine and just the storyline behind him. I think he he stopped with some of the free stuff that he got uh, there at the combine and gave it to uh, someone that was homeless. It was cold outside and he stopped and he gave the free stuff that he got to this homeless person. I've heard nothing but outstanding things about the young man, but I, I, I haven't had a chance to meet him. Okay, talk about, if you would, a little bit. Um, you, you you guys took some guys that I thought, Cross in particular, the offensive tackle from uh, Mississippi State, you know, really, really a fine athlete. And, you know, playing at Mississippi State, pass protection, he's probably got more reps of pass protection than anybody in the draft. Now, how do you work or what's the plan for him as you transition him to be a better run blocker? Because you guys are going to run the football. I mean, that's just that's who you are. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I'm going to leave that up to the coaches. You know, they we fell in love with the person. Right. You know, obviously, he's a he's a great athlete. You know, he's young and, you know, just well adjusted, you know, and just bringing him into the fold. Our coaches will get him right and get him prepared to go out and do all the things that we need him to do. How about the running back? Now, how special is that kid? Yeah, you, you, you got to love that, you know. You got to love, I mean, th this young man, you know, he bet on himself, right? Played, you know, in the ACC, decided that it was time to move on, went to Michigan State and did big things. And so we're excited to have him. You know, Mo, I watched him play against Michigan and, uh, you know, that's a big rival game. And Michigan got after his tail for a lot of the game. But I'm going to tell you something. He showed great competitive heart. You know, in addition, you can see all the, you know, stuff, his, his quickness, his balance, his vision. You could see all that stuff on the tape of other games. But I, I wanted to see what, it, what he was like when it was hard for him. Because mm -hmm. you know as well as I do, the only thing you're guaranteed in pro football is adversity. And when That's it was it. hard and they needed plays and he – he just kept pounding away till he took the top of it off. And I, I gained a tremendous amount of respect for that kid in that game. Uh, lucky to have him. <laughs> We're definitely lucky to have him. How's he, how's he going to fit in now? Are you guys thinking with, with Rashad and that, you're going to be 
by committee or just let it play itself out or guys go out and you let those go those guys go out and, and compete man you know uh obviously Rashad Penny did an outstanding job for us but you know the coaches will work that all out and you know to have like you said a home run hitter you know uh you know in the midst with with Penny I mean you can't go wrong with that well you know Maurice I think that's one of the things that you talk about all the time and every time we talk about the Seattle Seahawks that word keeps coming back compete they're going to have an opportunity to compete you're going to compete for an out for a chance to be on the roster Michael Bennett who you guys took off the practice roster in Tampa Bay is a kid you and I have talked about an awful lot of times mm -hmm. came to you and even though he was undrafted out of A&M practice roster guy in Tampa mm -hmm. Bay you gave him an opportunity to compete and what did he do? He turned it into a great career in Seattle and, and was instrumental in those Super Bowl teams. Well, I, I can tell you, we want to take credit for Michael Bennett. You know, we had Mike before he went to Tampa. He came he came straight to Seattle out of AM and he did such an outstanding job. He he forced us, he he made our roster right out of you know his rookie year. And he didn't play those first couple of games. And so, you know, you kind of think that, okay, he had an outstanding preseason game. I mean, preseason. And so he made our roster because guys that as big as he is and can run as fast as he could and did all the things that he did, I think he had maybe five, six sacks during the preseason. You know, so we were, you know, you couldn't let him, you couldn't put him on the practice roster. You had, he made out active roster. And after... But he didn't play in the first couple of games. And so you think that you can slide him back on the practice roster. And that was not the case. You know, we, we had to release him to put him on the practice roster. And Tampa ended up bringing him in. And I think 10 teams tried to claim him. He went to Tampa, did his thing in Tampa. And then when free agency hit, I think three years after the fact, he came back to us. Well, you know, I... I uh, spent some time at Sky Sports, and every year we bring Cliff Averill, another one of your kingpins of that defense. Mm -hmm. And to, to listen to Cliff talk about his, his Seattle experience, really, it's amazing um, because he has nothing, and I mean nothing, but good things to say about the organization, about you, about Pete. Um, as a matter of fact, it's almost like hearing a guy talk about his college program. You know, I mean, like he really – loves the Seahawks and you know that was such a collection that that Legion of Boom was such a collection of personalities and you got Richard Sherman Mike you got Michael Bennett you got Bobby Wagner you got Thomas you got Averill you know what I love about you guys is you let players be who they are yeah I, I tell you one thing again that it starts from the top right John and Pete you know I I commend them because, you know, in a lot of places, we want to put people in a box. You know, we want them to talk this way. We want them to act that way. You know, at the end of the day, they're grown men and they're going to think how they want to think. But if you can come in and give us an honest day's worth of work, you can pitch your ass off. You can be who you want to be, you know, and that's one of the things that I love. All the different personalities and we've seen them all. <laughs> you know, it was it was a damn circus and I love every minute of it. You know, the personalities, they will challenge you. They will question things. But one thing that you knew that you can hang your hat on is they will compete their ass off when it was time to go to work. You know, well, I don't think there's. Competitive there, I don't, is all get out. 
I, I don't think uh, I don't think there's any question about that because I know that your practices are and and you talk about rookies getting shocked when they come to the National Football League. The fans, you got to understand the Seahawks practice at a pace that I have I have never seen another NFL team practice at. They you guys get flat after it from the time they step across that line so that they step across the line going back and i and i think that's a lot that has a lot to do with why you've had so much success over the years yeah and, and like you said those, those guys were tremendous you know you, you you brought up mike you brought up cliff you know um brandon mebane red bryant you know all of those guys man they were outstanding guys to be around you know big time jokesters but they were better men. Mo, are you still doing your work for the league at the rookie symposium? Because I know at one time you had a very, very, you know, big part of the rookie symposium. Talk to talk to the fans about what the symposium is actually designed to do and and how it came to be. Yeah. So the rookie symposium, which we don't do anymore, it's not a. It used to be a, a combination of. All of the rookies that were drafted, we would go to one uh, central location. We would alternate years. I mean, uh, locations. We would go to uh, San Diego one year, and then the next year we would go to Florida. So we would just alternate year to year. But all of the draft picks, we would bring them all down to a central location. We would have an opportunity to give them a whole lot of information in a short period of time. So the things to look for, the things to you know, uh, from financial education to everything, what to expect when when you get paid, family, friends. It was a lot of information in a short period of time. And sometimes it could be like a system overload. There's too much information in a short period of time because we would go like three days, three and a half days, but it was sun up, sundown. And really good information, but how much was the how much are the guys really retaining? So what we did was Instead of doing that, each team had an opportunity to do their own symposium, you know. And so now, which I think is is outstanding because I can bring our guys in when they come here. And it's not just for the drafted guys now. It's for all of my rookies, you know. And I don't have to give them all of the information in two or three days. We have a whole process to work through, you know. So when they come in on Monday, uh, I'll have my first meeting with them. And it's all about expectations. You know, letting them know, hey, all the stuff, you know, the hay's in the barn now, right? You know, if, if your goal was to make it to the National Football League, okay, you've accomplished that goal. Now, how long are we going to stay? What's the next goals, right? What's the expectation? This is what we expect out of you. How are you going to become a pro? You know, it's, it's one thing to say that, you know what, I want to go to the league, but you have to act as if you're a pro. This is your job. And so we're talking about those things. We're going to help them with time management. We're going to talk to them about stress management. We're going to talk about money, psychology of money. We're going to talk about family and friends. You know, all the all of the pitfalls that can trip you up from chasing your dream. You know, you're here, but how long are you going to stay here? You know, if your goal was just to make it to the National Football League, cool. But I know it's guys like myself who was not drafted, who's chomping at the bit. You got some guys who were drafted, still kind of pissed off that were, they weren't drafted where they thought they were going to get drafted. You better get over that real fast because, you know, that's that's how things work. It's, it happens really, really fast. 
Well, you know, when you talk about transition, right, you transition them into pro football. And on the other end, once they've made the club, you're starting to begin the process to transition them out of professional football. So your work with a player never really ends, whether it's, you know, like Cross, who's in, you know, in his first week of being an NFL player. And you've got other guys on your roster that are looking at this as maybe their last season. And, you know, there's nothing guaranteed anyway. The contracts might be guaranteed, but the opportunity to be on the, on the 53, that's not guaranteed. So, um, you know, how, did, how are you able to individualize it with, you know, you're, you're dealing with, what, 65 or 70 guys in this process? Yeah, well, we start off with 90. You know, we start off with, with 90 guys. And so, you, again, you got 90 different personalities, you know, and how are they seeing things? You know, I was just talking to one of our players today. It's just like my mot- my motto is begin with the end in mind. Right. 100 percent of our guys will get injured, you know, but how are you going to react to that? You know, this is only a short, a short period of time in your life when you've got an opportunity to do it right. And that's a whole lot to ask for a 22-year-old to get it right. I mean, just think about being 22 years old with a bunch of money in your pocket and all of the trappings of the world. You know, sometimes you lose focus. And so we're asking these guys to hone in for the next seven, eight, nine years. And then you'll have pretty much what you want to have. And then you can get a chance to chase your true passion like i always tell guys that i always thought that football was my passion but that was not the case football was just the stepping stone or the platform for me to be able to chase my true my true passion which is helping people you know so the football part got me but then you know once i got in and figured things out it's like man you know what like my true passion my true calling is to help people you know but Football was that catalyst to help me get that and find that. And that's what I want to. Sorry, one of my guys sitting on the window. <laughs> Quadra. Hey. I'm, I'm on live right now. You want to say hello? Hey, hey, hey. What's going on, big dog? What's up? What's up? <laughs> We're out here in Hawaii. I'm talking to my Bomo Kelly. Oh, Kelly, yeah. Oh, you, he, it looked nice. Huh? He overcame bad coaching early in his career. Oh, and it nah, was me. It, it was wasn't me. you. It was him. <laughs> it, it wasn't you. It was definitely him. Nah, just send me that. Send me okay. the number, and then I. He can, I, uh, he can leave now. You know, we got him paid now, and he don't know how to act. He's just talking to people any kind of. Quandre did. Mo, how Mo, how important is it that that you that you incorporate the veteran into that? process of education because one voice you know obviously your coaches have a part in that process too but your voice but the veterans you know your good veterans how how much do you lean on them to help the young ones i i definitely do i mean it's nothing like peer-to-peer you know uh quandre you know even though he's he's the class clown he is one that that's trusted that you know guys listen to and so a lot of times if i need him to get get with somebody, you know, a lot of times, again, we spend time here in my office and the younger guys that come in, you know, they just sit and they listen to guys like Quandre, guys like Mike Bennett and Cliff. These guys have a wealth of knowledge and, and I always use them, you know, um, it's nothing like the peer to peer. I just had a, 
uh, real estate roundtable last week. And Cliff was one of my, my keynote speakers, you know, because he's doing a whole lot of real estate, you know, guys connect with that, you know. And so it is it plays a, a huge part. These are men's men, you know, when you start talking about different things, different obstacles that they had to overcome and, you know, their time in the league. Like I can always say, oh, well, I did this, that or the third. But these guys that these that have the name, the guys that in the locker room with them, it carries a ton of weight. Well, I appreciate you, Mo, taking this time with us today. We're going, we're going to bring Michael. Come on back in here, and let's let's. I know we got some people that like that. Throw a question at Maurice. Mm -hmm. What do you got for us, Mike? You there, buddy? It's late at night. I'm on mute. Sorry. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Mo. <laughs> hey, hey, everyone watching. Uh, first question, Mo, is from my man, Colin, in Dublin. Sorry for throwing this on you, Jeff, as well. Mo, um, it's come out in the last couple of hours. Seattle, they're going to play Denver, Monday Night Football. Are you excited with all that going on, Russell Wilson? It's, it's a great game to kick off the season. Was that, oh, that was supposed to be a big deal or something? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing. No, that, I can't wait to see my guy, man. Russ is, Russ is my guy, man. And I know he's going to do tremendous. And I know he's going to want to come in and put on a good show here, coming back to Seattle. And like we always talk about competing. We're going to be out there and our guys are going to compete their ass off. And I know Russ will as well. So it should be a great show. Next question, lads, we, we got three questions. Second question is from Ian in Norwich. Ian wants to know how pumped you lads are going to Germany this year. I think the GM may have put the uh, rabbit out of the bag when he said he was learning German. <laughs> in, in <January. laughs> well, we just had a couple of our guys just got back. I mean, our, um, our head equipment manager, uh, EK, and our football ops guy, they just – they just landed and just walked in maybe 10 minutes ago. So they went over to check things out, and they were really, really uh, uh, happy, number one, to get back. But they had a great time there, and we're looking forward to going. Mo, I'm going to tell you something. That stadium is absolutely – Alliance Stadium is absolutely gorgeous. You will be the first American football game ever played in that stadium. And I think your, your fans and – and your team and everybody that's going to travel to Munich is going to thoroughly enjoy that experience. Well, I tell you, we got to bring Mario with us. I mean, he's the guy out there, you know, <laughs> Mario Bailey, you know, Mario, yeah. is here Mario, us. Mario is the king of Germany now. He, he's the king over there. So we're going to have to bring Mario with us. <laughs> the last question here is from Simon. Simon's in Glasgow saying, Mo, it's, it's been a crazy offseason for, for the Seahawks in, in both good and bad ways. Really looking forward to the future as a Seahawks fan. Um, how excited are you guys for this new season and this new opportunity with, uh, with, new, with new talent on this offense and defense? Well, you know, every year is a challenge, man. I mean, it, it's, we, we can't downplay it, you know, that losing Bobby and losing Russ is not going to be a big deal. But those guys in the locker room, they're chomping at the bit for their opportunity. You know, it's their opportunity to, to, to get out there and show what they can do. And so we're we're elated to, to have an opportunity to go out there and compete our ass off and, and see what happens. That's Corey, awesome. I'm going to tell you something. I don't think if anybody wants to discount the Seahawks, they better think again, because I know you guys will, you know, you're going to, you're going to throw 11 of them out there every every Sunday and you're going to compete your ass off, like you say, 
And yeah. again, we're gonna sneak up on a couple people. Shh. We don't say much. I, I'm gonna tell you now. I'm, I, hey, I'm, not bag. I'm just telling you. I know you <laughs> first of all, and I know the way you guys work, and I know the way you compete, and you know the the things that are important in that organization are the things that contribute to making championship football teams. It's no secret. I mean, yeah. you got to have talent, obviously, number one, but you have to have talent, and then you got to be able to cut it loose or. You know, I think that's one of the Pete's things, you know, like just let it rip. And that's, rip. you know, the ability to let it rip is unique, you know, I think in football. And I know the Seahawks are going to let it rip this season. I appreciate you very much, my man. Always, always you. love, man. Always love. Right. Anytime. And uh, again, thank you for everything that you, you continue to do for us. And, and uh, I hope to see you when you get your family over here in June. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll hit you up on all of that. All right. I appreciate okay. you, Mo. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Mo. All the last one. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Big shout out to Mo. Uh, some technical issues with Jeff earlier on, and he came back on. Busy man. You're a busy man, Jeff, as well. Uh, how are you? You good? I'm doing. I'm doing good. I tell you what. How about the story he told about the fake schedule? <laughs> <laughs> it's so it good, was Quandre it? Diggs, was it not? That he that he got. I think I think so. I watched it earlier on, and I was watching. It was just like the actual reaction was hilarious, man. And then I think I can't remember who it was, but somebody walked up and was like, "That's just pure bull." <laughs> like that's not okay. Happening. So not let's, 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 let's let the, let's let the viewers know what happened. So Maurice had a file on his desk that he that he put a big sticker on, said in red, put confidential over, and then he left. What he made up a schedule, a Seahawks schedule, and left half of it hanging out of the the uh, out of the file, and then left his office. and And I got to tell you, his office really is like a barbershop. He's got more players in there all the time, walking in and out. And one of the players who he would, who he knew would snoop around, he got the, he got a hold of the thing, copied it, and came back in and was you know. <laughs> was complaining because Mo had the Seahawks on the road four games it was, and it was like the best prank of the whole schedule release thing I think it was fantastic it, oh, it's so good check out the Seahawks social media and what before we talk about the schedule release you know Mo sort of said it there um historic for them to be the, one of the first teams to play in Germany incredible opportunity they have and it's like so many Seahawks fans in Germany Jeff and, and they're gonna absolutely love it and yeah, and you know he talks about more. Uh, you know he talks about. Excuse me, um, <clears throat> Bailey. He said Bailey, right? Okay, that that is a young kid that um, Mario Bailey played at the University of Washington, then came over to NFL Europe and was a absolute superstar in NFL Europe for the Frankfurt Galaxy, and came back year after year and ended up playing in the NFL. But his status as the like really the first. American superstar in Germany in NFL Europe makes him a really special guy for Seahawks fans and for German fans. So I'm sure Mario's going to be involved in having the Seahawks, you know, out in the public in Munich because he is truly a, a an iconic guy in Germany. Let's hope you're there as well. This guy in Germany, we're, we're going to have Das Crack and Das, das Frankfurter in, in, in Munich on November the 13th. I keep getting those weeks mixed up. That's week 10. I keep thinking hey, the Broncos game is week 10, but it's not as week I, I saw some NFL news. I'd, I'd like to kind of pound around. Okay. And, and then maybe, Have you seen maybe, the schedule release, Jeff? It's just come out over the last 20 minutes whenever you started going live. I, I, did, not, I did not see it. I saw some of the leaks that, that came by. This whole thing is fascinating to me because 
you know, you watch the NFL is going to figure out a way to make the schedule release a full time media event with a television show and, the, you know, the whole dancing girls and the whole deal, because that's just the National Football League. But what do you got? Give me the best games. Well, we're kicking it off. A uh, kickoff is the Bills against the Rams week one. The 8th of September, 2022, 8pm Eastern. Oof, 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 oof. I'll, I'll, I'll see you in SoFi, yeah? See you there. Bills and Rams, right? <laughs> Bills, how about, Rams, how big, how big is that one? Josh Allen with the Bills. Everybody's saying they're going to be the Super Bowl champion this year. Defending Super Bowl champion with the Rams. I, I, fantastic game, fantastic start. Two marquee quarterbacks. Couldn't get better. I don't have a lot of games because it's going to leak or it's going to leak. It's going to come out in an hour and 20 minutes, and I'll be in bed by then, Jeff. How uh, do you so, feel? How do you feel about uh, about the Broncos-Seattle game? with, with uh... I, I think, like, I, it's the sort of game, if you're going to put it in prime time, put it Monday Night Football, let's see it, like, you know, obviously Moe's off. Who knows how Seattle's going to play this year, but, you know, realistically, when they bring it or bring in Drew Locke, it might take time for them to gel. It makes sense for ESPN to package that as a week one game. And to really to big it up because it's it's a big game. Russell Wilson, it's going to be very interesting to see how the reception that he gets in Seattle. He brought that team a championship. He was their main guy for the guts of ten years, well, around ten years. Um, in terms of the Broncos' schedule, do you want do you want an exclusive live? What do you? Yeah, give me give me something good about the Broncos. Right, we can't. All right, okay, here we go. The Broncos are playing. Well, we we know they're playing the Rams on Christmas Day. Okay, that's week sixteen. They play the Chiefs in the early window. That can't be flexed on New Year's Day. And they play the Chargers week 18. Now that, Jeff, could be. Those are two normal games. They have five primetime games. And they have the London game. And they also have those two last games. That division. So you're presuming if they're, if they're playing the Chargers week 18, the Chiefs are playing the Raiders probably week 18, that's going to be nuts. And it's going to be that intriguing to see what happens. That is validation for having a marquee quarterback, right? Because they want they want Russell Wilson on prime time. They want those matchups, Mahomes and Wilson on prime time. They, you know, I, I'm a, I'm really fascinated to see who the Christmas. It's a different Christmas Day kind of schedule. I've got a knife. You want it? Yeah, give me it. Give it to me. Uh, I'm just literally, man. I'm, this this is funny. Like, this is like the one show where I'm googling stuff constantly here. And um, so I said the first game was the. Broncos against the Rams. That's in the middle section. We've got the... Um, where is it not coming up? Okay, it's not popping up. I thought I had it. I've got the Thanksgiving one. But uh, there's talk of the Packers playing on Christmas. Um, and there's also talk of maybe the Bears, but I haven't seen it. A couple of ones that stand out. I think the Bucks play the Chiefs week four, Sunday Night Football. Um, there's a few other big ones. But the ones I told you about there now that I should never have said... Are one hundred percent happening, and the well, first I, I think in one hour. From what I heard, Dallas and, and Detroit again are going to be hosts on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, Day. yeah. It's Dallas. Dallas play Green Bay week ten. That's the that is the nine o'clock like UK time game. The same day as Munich. Oh, ho, ho, what a day that we got is! Got a great. We got some great, great scheduling done by the National Football League, and it'll be really interesting and exciting to watch these teams play. You got um, a question, Jeff? Here. From Pardon? Brandon, Brandon and Wales. Aloha, guys, from away from Edinburgh, Scotland. Dolphins, Pats, week one. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not, but if it is, I, it's probably just been announced. Can't wait. Excited to see what Tua and the Finns can do this season. Got some weapons. Excited. Yeah, I, I think I think that's right. And it was interesting. I wanted to hit on this. There was a little blurb of news out that 
Frank Smith, who's the offensive coordinator at Miami, has now had an opportunity to work with Tua for, you know, on the field and, and actually get some work in. And it was interesting, his comment that he said, there's nothing that they have to limit in their offense based upon Tua's abilities. That th- whether it's throwing the ball deep, throwing on the run, you know, running the stretch zone, any any of the bootleg or any of the stuff that they did in San Francisco is all open to him. And I think that's that's uh, I think that's really a positive sign for Dolphin fans. And it's amazing to me how the media will not let Tua's arm strength go, right? Because apparently there was a, a, a video of him throwing a ball to um, the cheetah in practice, and he didn't he didn't lead him, and the ball was a little underthrown, and it was now the you know it's he doesn't have the arm strength. I, I'm just telling you. The kid has plenty of arm strength, and it's the accuracy that is the more important thing. But that's going to be an interesting to watch Watch what he does in that new offense down in Miami. I can't wait to see what happens with the weapons, and that division's intriguing. What happens in New England? you got Mac Jones going into year two. you got a Buffalo team that many people look at the favorites. The Dolphins have really maxed up on their offense there. I'm, man, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Like, I mean, well, I'm not going to talk know, about the Jets. But. They, they uh, Patriots interestingly enough, traded Jared Stidham this week. And they traded him to the Raiders, which obviously for the Raiders, I think is a good move. You know, there's a kid that was a fourth round pick. A lot of people projected him after Brady left to be the starter and then it didn't work out. And he backed up Cam and then hurt his back and backed up Mac Jones after they drafted him. But he, he'll go to he'll go to the Raiders into a system that he knows, to a coach that he knows. And I think for the Raider fans, that gives you a solid – backup and again in, in this day and age you better have some quality backup players particularly quarterback how about this one mike let's talk about sharpening the pencil and and this guy makes almost as much money as you go right? for, oh, oh wow okay trayvon walker right yes first pick of the draft just signed his rookie contract with the jacks all right 37.4 million dollars 24.4 of it came just for signing his name in a signing bonus. Uh, it's all guaranteed money. Okay. Four years with a fifth year option, which all rookies in the first round get. But I looked at his statistics, his college statistics. In three years at Georgia, he made 61 tackles. All right. He had nine and a half sacks. All right. In 32 games. And you are making. guaranteed for nine and a half sacks in 32 college football games. Now, they list him as a linebacker, and that's what fascinated me more because that means tells me that they're going to be in the 30 and they're going to try and use him, move him around and, you know, turn him loose a little bit. Will be really interesting to watch that kid's progression, and I hope he does it. I hope he does. I hope he has a great career. But that's a lot of money for a guy who was not a productive college player. I agree. And the, the whole financial side of it, like you're talking 24 or so for just signing, it's like, this is Jacksonville all over, isn't it? Like it, it, It's one of those ones where if it doesn't work out, oh. you, know, you can imagine how the fans are going to howl. It's, it's got, remember that when, remember when the Jets drafted Kyle Brady over Warren Sapp? And the Jets fans went crazy in New York. This one kind of reminds me of that, especially, especially 
if Aiden Hutchinson has a good career in Detroit. Hey, another one got to talk to you about because I want your feedback on this one. Wide receiver K.J. Hamler arrested today in Denver. Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy. Judy. I'm sorry. Jerry Judy. All good. All good. Okay. What do you mean all good? You're good with it? No, I mean, I'm, I'm good. Like, I mean, you're saying about Hamler. Yeah, don't worry. Jerry Judy, literally like two or three hours ago. Not, not even that yeah. long ago. And it was for, um, it was an interesting charge. Uh, they got him for tampering uh, and apparently had something to do um, with uh, some sort of domestic violence. Thing. I, 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 there's, it was really sketchy, sketchy news. And I didn't know if you'd heard any more. But on a positive note, K.J. Hamler, ahead of schedule. And that, to me, is going to be a key for those Broncos because that kid has special ability, after-catch ability. He can be that guy in the slot opposite Cortland Sutton. I think that kid is a really, really good football player, and I'm glad to hear that he's ahead of schedule in his rehab from ACL surgery. Yeah, the RFO Sheriff tweeting tonight that Jerry Judy is innocent until proven guilty, of course, and I hope that resolves itself very quickly. I couldn't believe it when it happened. Jerry Judy's a guy that's dropped too many balls, and this is a huge season for him now. Massive expectation, but you're damn right in what you're saying about KJ Helmer. Russell Wilson um, has got weapons on the offensive side of the ball, bringing back in Melvin Gordon as a back of the Javante Williams in the run, but having KJ Helmer is... He's going to work so well with Tim Patrick, so I can't wait, man. It's going to, it's going to be, hopefully, please go on a great season. It'll be me, you, and the boys in, in SoFi, and not in SoFi, in, in, in Arizona in February. Uh, that, I tell you what, don't count them out, right? Because they've got, a, they've got an awful lot of tools on that defense. And, and uh, it's good to see Alex Singleton running around in a, in a uh, Broncos uni. I, had, I was very fortunate to be on Broncos TV this week talking about the London game, and I brought up Alex and how I thought he was going to be like the Shelby Harris of that team. So I know he's one of your guys, one of your one of your guys as well. Hoping to hopefully talk to Alex on your show and maybe talk to him as well somewhere else very soon. And he seems to be enjoying himself there so far. Jeff, I, I have to go soon. I, I'm up in six hours for a live show. I, I you're coming on our show tomorrow. Is this true? I am going to be on your show, but I'm not going to bed, right? Because yeah. you've got breakfast with... The Irish NFL guys. What full is an Irish. Irish breakfast? What is an Irish breakfast? The full, like well, it's it's basically egg? the exact same as an English breakfast, but it's far it's far better. You got like soda bread and like proper bread, and the, the, the sausages here are better than England sausage. Like I'm not even joking. We'll have, we'll have to. <laughs> Why didn't we do it in Dublin? We should have done that in Dublin. I never even thought we should have done that. That Dublin trip was so fast, and you, it was it was just a great time. Hey, I appreciate you, man. It's great. Great being with you today. Great being with the fans. Fans, thank you very much for weighing in, uh, getting us your questions, not only to us, but also to Maurice Kelly. And again, to Maurice Kelly, Vice President of Seattle Seahawks, outstanding interview and a great opportunity for our, our fans in the UK and around the world to catch up with what's going on with those Hawks. Jeff, shout out to you next week, man. Mahalo. All right, my brother.